0: Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Partner First, your source for, not news community events, uh, your source for subject matter expertise, vendors of note, and really interesting stuff that's happening in the channel. I'm Ray Rossini. As always, uh, this is going to be recorded, just some quick housekeeping. Uh, This is going to be recorded uh, live on YouTube, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Is that right, Simon? Those three? Yeah. We're getting the head nod. Uh, So it'll be live there, or recorded there. You can watch After the Fact. The comments are live. Talk to us. This is engagement. It's not death by PowerPoint. We're putting out stuff for you guys. Uh, and if you have been paying attention at all for the last, I want to say 12, 18 months, uh, compliance, cybersecurity, your audits, uh, this has been talked about probably more than any other topic I can remember in the last five or 10 years. It's it's the uh the current MFA, right? Uh so because it's so important, we thought we'd bring an expert in the space. Uh, please uh, welcome Tim Golden. How are you doing, Tim?
1: Hey Ray. Good afternoon. Thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, is compliance the new MFA for us? Maybe we're getting there. Hopefully, hopefully today we can help do some education around that.
0: So what? Uh, so what do you? Uh, so last year you were saying it was the year of the API. I think this is the year of the cybersecurity framework for MSPs. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't get me wrong. I love all things tech, but to me, it's uh, talking about cybersecurity is about is like talking about like insurance and uh, longevity forms and estate planning. So, but Unstopped. you're the guy that gets excited about it. You're the guy that gets excited about compliance. Um, why don't we give a little bit of background here for like the few people that don't know you yet? Um, why don't you give us some background and tell us, you know, what you've been doing for the last decades in this space.
1: Thanks, Ray. Thanks for that. Yeah. So, you know, compliance is the ugly word that keeps popping up over and over again. And, you know, a lot of people tend to get scared about it. And to be honest with you, in 2006, when I first read you will adhere to NIST 853 i was scared and it's you know it's taken some time what 17 plus years now to kind of wrap my head around this and turn it into a practice at our MSP vital tech services and so you know we've been doing this for a really long time we've stumbled along the way we've learned what works well and what doesn't work well for an MSP for you to be able to bring these practices to you into your clients. And like you said, Ray, 2022, the year of the API, 2023, the year of compliance, the year of frameworks, the year of RMF, risk management <laughs> frameworks. And so, yeah, you know, compliance risk is kind of spun out of that to kind of take the stuff that I've learned and our team has went through over the last 17 years and help MSPs be successful with it.
0: So that, that's the beginning and that's now, there's a little bit in between because to say that you were an MSP and now you have compliance risk, that's like, I feel like that's glazing over a lot of like, uh, major things that you do in your life. Um, uh, besides you're a member of the, uh, what's your role with the CompTIA ISAO again?
1: Yeah. So I am on the cybersecurity, uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, policy and whatnot committee as far as working with CompTIA. Um, I helped them, uh, this past summer kind of re- revisit the, uh, are they still calling it Trustmark? The Trustmark program yep. for MSP, yep. right? So uh was a pretty integral part in, in building that team and building out the control frameworks that is now the new Trustmark program. So yeah,
0: yep. CompTee has had, been... Um, we had Wayne Selk on uh, MSP Dispatch talking about the release Trustmark. Uh, I believe that was either early this year or very, very, very late last year. Um, I'll have Simon or Phil put the card somewhere, put the link to that episode. Um, but that's very good stuff. And then you have your peer group, right? Let's let's talk about your peer group.
1: Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that we always talk about in, in, in the technology space is, you know, people process tech, right? And so, you know, that's kind of where this started was jumping on a call with an MSP that had questions about HIPAA or SOC or whatever, and it was, like, not sustainable. So we built a compliance-focused peer group all around Teaching MSPs to fish. You can find that on our website. It's right there. I don't want to keep plugging our website, but yes, compliance But it's really a weekly peer group for accountability and teachings and coursings and 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 private slack, all kinds of good stuff where MSPs <laughs> can learn and ask the hard questions they don't want to post on Reddit or get the junk spam or, you know, ask the stupid question that they don't want to get embarrassed on Facebook. like. This is I feel like you're
0: calling me out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, dumb
1: it's really just an opportunity for us to have a safe, I hate to say a safe space to talk, but a space for us to have, you know, these hard questions, right? I can't tell you how many questions I get about FIPS, right? And the confusion around FIPS, like, I, yeah, probably not the best time for today. <laughs> uh,
0: I love David's comment, uh, who's also on the MMN Discord, and there'll be a link somewhere so I'm going to put it up Um, but David says I've never seen anyone get as excited about policies as Tim
1: (laughs) (laughs) David I appreciate you David's actually a member of our peer group he's really really a great sounding board for all of us as well actually one of the founding members of our peer group so uh, yeah David's really great and you know what like hopefully I can bring and make policy a little less boring right says the dyslexic guy writing all day (laughs)
0: I, I like how you took dyslexia and you said, "Hold my beer," and you're like, "Reading is difficult." No, I'm gonna write. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly, awesome.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I have some funny anecdotal stories on that. Like, our parent organization is an educational research company, which is awesome because I've mm-hmm. learned so much about overcoming some of those adversities I personally have. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. It's been a wild. So that. A-
0: That's the people part of it. Uh, So let's get to the process part of it. So you got the peer group, the process part of it. There's this whole compliance risk thing.
1: Yeah. Talk to me about it. So compliance as a service, great buzzword, because we all love acronyms, CAST, right? Because, you know, compliance as a service, we're in the GRC, the governance risk and compliance base. You know, acronyms just are abounding, says the dyslexic guy. Um, (laughs) What we've noticed as we are, teaching our MSPs to fish, right? The people process. A lot of them are coming back with, hey, Tim, this is great. We're learning a lot. But now I have a um, a client with a specific need, and I don't have the bench strength, and I'm really struggling. Great. Partner alongside us. We will be that three-legged stool with your client that has the need, The MSP is the technical implementer and compliance risk, bringing in the compliance arm to making sure all three parts of that triad, not to be confused with the CIA triad, all three parts of that are well managed and well processed. Is that a word? Processed? Well processed. We'll coin it now.
0: I mean, we coin new words all the time. Sure,
1: why not? so
0: uh so you have a lot of experience over the years on the msp side on the process side and a million other uh amazing uh hobbies interests other lives uh yeah. and to know about that go see the tech bar where he was on last week uh where you're doing double duty tech bar at night and uh did uncle marv's podcast during the day which is also yeah. a great listen Thanks. um we'll put those links in the chat also. Uh, but. Um, Keith Nelson, uh, Doctor Keith Nelson, our our good friend, friend of the of the show, says, "Could Tim have helped the Cowboys avoid the risk of uh, avoid <laughs> the risk of Dak interceptions?" And I, I only bring that up because I'm going to. I always love beating up Keith on the Cowboys. I, I I will bring up a joke I heard the other day. What do you call 50 millionaires watching the Super Bowl? The Cowboys. It's yeah, so. <laughs> so, so, really so, the only reason I brought that up. So Ray and
1: I, do, we do have a little affinity and a little adversity between each other. Cause as you well know, I am a diehard Patriots fan since the early eighties. I, I struggled through the st- Steve Grogan and Mosey to years, you know, embellished in the Tom goat Brady years. And now you guys have them over in, you know, in Tampa, fine, whatever. But, the Cowboys? Seriously, Keith? All right. You know what? If the Cowboys had a better people, process, and policy, maybe they'd actually get someplace. <laughs> <laughs> <Just
0: saying. laughs> maybe that's what happened. Aikman left, and uh, the process and policy and people all went downhill. Um, so, okay. So, talk to me. Compliance as a service. Everything's as a service. <laughs> and yet these are the, you guys and i'll and i'm going to hold you to the same standards i've h- held security researchers to um i famously or infamously depending on which side of the coin you're on um challenge security researchers last year stop telling everybody it depends start giving us short digestible meaningful actionable items to do so we can make progress um So I'm going to give it to you, right? Because you compliance guys, and I'm lumping all you guys together, right? Uh, You compliance guys say, you can't just use a tool to do everything. You can't just copy somebody else's policies and have them do it. And then you're saying, here's a service where, yeah, you can have the policy. So talk to me about that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it really depends on what it is. I'm just kidding. So compliance as a service, we kind of break this down into three really simple steps for you and your client. Right. Number one, pick a RMF. All right. Ray, for every time I don't quantify an acronym, Simon gets the drink. So, (laughs) pick a risk management framework: CIS, CMMC. You know, there. You know, privacy CSF. There's a whole bunch of these frameworks that are out there. For most MSPs that don't have clients with a specific compliance need, look at CIS. Right, it's 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 a really great sort of foundation to start, and it's iterative. Wow, that's a mouthful. CIS one, two, three. You know, we get there step by step by step. And so, step one: pick a framework, whether it's HIPAA, uh, MMC, whatever.
0: Pick a framework. And we, we should mention the point of the CompTIA Trust Mark, as you guys created it, was not so much to be a specific framework, but to give you base foundation that could help you towards one of those frameworks correct
1: absolutely right so so there are pieces of the nist national institute of uh, standards and technology there's pieces of the cis there's pieces of hipaa there's pieces of ah bpnm whoa what's bpnm like yet another business gas station is- right Uh, hey hey ray where do bees go to the bathroom they go to the bp station (laughs) Uh, sorry dad joke is yet another one of my hobbies my kids will tell you that um so pick a framework there's a bunch of them that are out there as an msp looking at the uh, at the comptia trust mark it's built to be obtainable but lofty right what do they call those OKRs, it's built to be obtainable but lofty right and if and that's for you that's for you getting your own house in order right us as msps we can talk the talk all day long but if we're not walking the walk what are we selling our clients and what risk are we putting our clients at and ourselves right i'm a big proponent of do this on yourself or don't do it at all
0: right right so, and that and that's where this compliance as a service comes in where you're getting, cause that's the hardest part of running a business, any business, forget MSP, any business is you're required to know a lot of things. So bringing on the right people to the right experts to walk you through this, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that's, that's, uh, the important part here, right? So yeah. I want to bring up something of why this is important, um. I know you have your presentation. If you can move over to the industry stats page of your presentation real quick, because if there's something Tony and I have learned over the past uh, 80 plus episodes of of Dispatch, it's that people don't realize the impact of not having these things in place, not having MFA in place, not having auditing, right? Auditing is not turned on by default with uh, Microsoft 365. Um, Having these policies in place result in i mean stuff's going to happen regardless but everybody always thinks it's not me they don't realize the prevalence of these security issues Mm -hmm. um so you want to talk us over some of these stats because they are kind of scary
1: they are you know we talk a lot about the risk that businesses face right you know statistics are only as good as those that are developing them and can be skewed any which way we see fit but honestly these are some that i've kind of done some research on between Forrester and other organizations that are well-known and well-trusted in the statistics industry and in cyber cybersecurity and compliance and risk, right? So when we think about the FUD or the scare factor, right? I was just talking to our marketing guy yesterday, right? Most of the decisions that people uh, base their selling on are emotional ones, and using these kinds of statistics to help solidify the risks that their business faces is just that yet another way, another, you know, quiver in our, in our uh, feather, in our quiver, arrow in our quiver, whatever is another way for us to be able to help educate our clients on the risks that they face. I can go on and on about stats. Stats aren't typically my thing when it cut, Unless it comes specifically to risk scores, then we're we're talking something totally different. And so, yeah, you know, it's scary, the things like I think Wes Spencer, our friend Wes Spencer said a couple of different times, like there was a huge rise in ransomware and then it kind of dibbled down a little bit. But now it's coming back again. Right. So.
0: And they're getting smarter, right? That's that's the scary part. Like, you know, whether they're focusing on supply chain or they're focusing on MSPs or using our same remote access tools or, you know, they're, they're just getting smarter and smarter and smarter. Um,
1: so well, I, I worry about, for the
0: MSPs that aren't evolving at the same time, right? Yeah, think about the chat GPT and the Dolly and all the other like
1: AI ML tools that are literally at these hackers fingertips now where they can like, write me a script to impersonate Joe Snuffy and then send the email. Yeah. Right. Like five years ago, they had to actually write these things and, but now they can use things like chat GPT and all the other stuff to get it, to write them for them. Like, really?
0: So policies, let's, let's go there. You're, you're probably one of the, so I, 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 there's a group of three people, that, I, that are in my friend group that get truly excited about policies and procedures. And that's, that's Alex Farling, yourself, and myself. <laughs> like the only ones I know. So we're, you know, I would say I, I'm, I should be tired of hearing this, but I'm not, I, I genuinely love hearing everybody's iteration of this. Why are policies important? And I know that sounds ridiculous to ask. I get that sounds ridiculous to ask, The reason I say it is because the perspective of a compliance expert is going to be far different than the, than the perspective of your average MSP. So I want to know from your words, why is policy important?
1: So I look at policy as, uh, as part of the like referee, right? The, the playbook, right? Let's take the, let's take the Cowboys example, right? So, you know, If the Cowboys had a well-defined playbook on step, you know, tab A, slot B, you know, X's and O's and a process that they were managing, maybe they would have made it towards the Super Bowl, but probably not. But from a compliance perspective, only what's written is what gets measured. I don't have the yardstick, right? I don't know what it is I'm trying to measure against if it's not written down.
0: And, and you, you, you call out several types of policies here, right? Um, we're not going to read through the entire list, but can you discuss some of the ones that uh, that maybe MSPs miss sometimes?
1: So, absolutely, right? So, we, I mean, there's always been a big push for incident response, right? Everybody's doing incident response as a service these days. Great. Let's back this up even 10,000 feet and not even talk about technology. What about an employee handbook? You know, I've talked to clients. I've talked to people that have not updated their employee handbook in like 15 years. Uh, laws have changed in 15 years, <laughs> right? So so sure, things like access control, things like backup and discovery, things like mobile device, right? Physical security, like all of these things are important. If I had to break it down into five basic things that every MSP should be doing for their clients. Number one, acceptable use. And not in this order, but number one, acceptable use. Number two, password policy, including MFA, right, everywhere. Uh, Some kind of uh, education and training, so security awareness training, SAT, Something to do with incident response, even if that's we know stuff's going to break, and here's how we respond. And the last one, which actually isn't listed here, that you can download on our website, wire fraud. A what having <laughs> a solid wire fraud policy in place. You can get that at compliancerisk.io.
0: Like, and uh, I- we'll put that in the chat because I, I know the chat. Oh, there you go. There you go. Thank you, Simon. Right that's on so the uh, right on the money. Um, so let me push back on this right yeah. um and i see Wes spencer in the chat what's up Wes? west yeah. uh giving some awesome compliments uh where you go two awesome guys talking uh policy speaking of and Wes has an event coming up too and we'll we'll link it in the chat um which i'm calling it uh but so let me push back a little bit okay msps are not attorneys msps are not policy writers and but MSPs are often charged by their by their client, hey, we need help with these things. We need you to walk us through them. Um and instead of getting into the deep end of a pool they maybe not don't understand, you have options to and I don't want to talk about the options yet, but you enable the MSPs to have that background, that support, those resources, so they can sell policy documentation. Of course. Is that right? Yes. So let me just
1: preface all of this. Like, you're right. I'm not an attorney, but I play one on TV. No, I don't. So always having legal and or um, counsel involved in these kinds of decisions and these kinds of things is an extremely important aspect of any documentation service, any documentation template. You know, that's the scary thing with templates nowadays. People go to SANS, they download a 12 year old You know. Whatever incident response template, they copy past a company name and they think they're done. That actually opens yourself and your and your client's business up to more risk, right? Now you have a document, but you're not actually doing the thing, even though you say this is what we do. Right. So always involving the business owners, the executive leadership at the business, and most likely counsel for the business.
0: And, and that's, and you have, and of course the policy guy has policies and procedures on how to sell these things. There you go. That's am yeah, like, right monitor trying to watch. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's a lot. Um, but you know, walk us through some of these, right? Like, you know, and that's, it's funny because MSPs that struggle with sales don't struggle with sales because they're bad at sales. They struggle with sales because they don't have good processes they follow for sales. Mm-hmm. Um. And now you're taking policy and selling and, and marrying them together, which is just that's that's Christmas to me. Um, but walk walk us through how you actually go and sell those cyber uh, go and sell that those documentation those policies.
1: Certainly. So, I mean, in the beginning, we talked about the statistics, right? Using those statistics, and I love to be able to speak to our MSP clients in language they understand. Right, whether it's a HIPAA or a CMMC, we'll pick on CMMC because that's the hot topic. Right, so hey, Mister Johnny Lugnuts Factory, do you realize if you don't have this stuff in place, you're probably going to lose millions of dollars of contracts? You start by explaining the risk, not from a FUD, but more from look, FUD, fear, uncertainty, right. you know, right. More from the, um, you know, this is what's going to happen. Your business is going to be at risk. You're going to lose jobs. You won't have food on your table. Like being able to explain the risks of why you don't have these things and why these things are important, right? Starting from that perspective, rolling into, great, Johnny Lugnut, uh, CMMC, the importance of this compliance means you will be able to obtain government contracts, right? And, And maintain your government contracts. But there's a challenge in that. And the challenge is, what I've seen over the last decade or so is that it's a completely manual process, right? So a lot of MSPs, yeah, they might have some tools that do some things, like a a lot of security training platforms have a policy piece, which is go download some template, copy pasta, and think you're done. They're (laughs)
0: missing a bunch of- You would never do that. I've never taken something from SANS and handed it to a client. Come on, man. You know, you bring this up. It's really interesting. So when I started
1: this in 2006, there were no templates. You could not Google, like GRC wasn't an acronym, right? You could not Google, like, trust me, I found, I dug, I dug and dug. And I was like, great. I spent the next literally six months of my life writing every day. Thank goodness I had an educational company as our parent organization to be able to proofread for me. (laughs)
0: yeah but no but it's true like it it is so much easier nowadays than it ever was for us i and i'm not saying that because i'm completely jealous because you know whatever Um, but it it is easier there's so many more resources nowadays than there ever was for you know for you and me when we started doing msp right
1: yeah and i would take a lot of those resources with the grain of salt i you know i've been in space for a long time yep i Feel like i have our our act together you know uh you know part of one of our clients is fed ramp moderate so yes like being fed ramp moderate and ato uh authorization to operate against fed ramp moderate kind of a thing documentation is kind of a thing so you know we do have some history and background in that but back to selling like we want to make this simple and yeah sure those six bullet points on this slide who made that I'm sorry. Um, the easiest way to consider selling policy into your MSP is number one, explaining the risks. Number two, how you as the MSP can gain operational efficiencies. We talk a lot about documented repeatable processes in our business. Uh, I'm going to ask a question and I'm going to ask everybody that's listening in chat to give either a thumbs up or a yes or something in chat. And the question is, How many of you have an onboarding procedure for your clients? I'll wait. Probably most of you have some kind of document that says, this is how I onboard a client. This is how I offboard a client. This is how I change a password. A lot of the MSPs are already doing this work, whether it's in other tools or manual. We're taking the similar practices that you're used to using and we're applying it to policy isn't that hard for you yes i, I love that it
0: so can
1: be scary but it's stuff you're already doing we
0: well that, that's the trick too right like it. and that that's the part that's always killed me like whenever the three of us have railed on and on in the different communities we're in uh, on policies and, and written procedures it's always the MSP saying, Oh, I don't have time to do that. You're doing it every day. It's just a matter of documenting it to begin with. You know what I mean? If you properly document a ticket, that's the basis for your documentation. Then you refine yes. it. And Absolutely. you know, and that's how you train the next person. Um yeah. and I wanna I wanna and I'm happy to see these onboarding, you know, you got you got Ben, you got uh Keith saying they, they do it. Um oh look, we got another one uh saying they do it. It's awesome to hear they have these written policies and hopefully the offboarding is the same thing it's not a, it's not all that complicated um why do you think MSPs don't have policies is it the difficulty is it what where do you think that's stemming from
1: so compliance is a scary word right it doesn't have to be but it is a scary word so there's a couple of factors i'm really scared of screwing it up right and then there's the uh, I don't have time. <laughs> Usually it's the time factor that gets most people is I don't have time to do this. I just want to close my ticket and move on to the next thing. Yep. But we know to gain our efficiencies in our MSPs, if we have a documented repeatable process, it makes us more efficient to give us more time
0: to do those other things, <laughs> right? It it really does. It's not it and Maybe I should step back because you started this with, you know, challenging yourself that you're going to define every acronym you use at least once. Um, maybe I should lay the same foundation here. When we talk policies, procedures, frameworks, these are not only for people doing stuff with CMMC or people doing stuff with Gov uh, or Gov adjacent. Who does this apply to?
1: if we want to talk the new ftc safeguard rule everybody
0: no <laughs> i mean it's honestly you, you know what the reason i bring it up and the reason it's kind of funny to me is that every msp has complained at least once and in chat call me out if i'm wrong but i, I have a feeling you back me up here every msp has complained at least once about a client that says I don't want to do password rotation or multi-factor or email or uh, email filtering or uh, or security awareness and training uh, because it's complicated, it's difficult, and we're not a target. We're not the ones that are, are going to get hit. And every MSP has had to go like, no, 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 this is everybody. You have to. But at the same time, the same MSPs are often saying, I don't have time to do documentation. I don't really need to find a, uh, whatchamacallit, I really don't need to find a, a framework to adhere to or align with. Why is that? Why why do we not see the, the hypocrisy there sometimes?
1: I know. And it is kind of, like I said in the very beginning, like you should be doing this on yourself and you should be getting your own house in order, right? We, us MSPs, we are the professionals, Our small businesses, regardless of compliance and HIPAA and all that, like our small businesses look to us to be the technical expertise to protect their business, to protect their risk. And if we're not doing it on ourselves because we don't have time, excuse, 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 we're probably in the wrong business. That would be like me going to my primary care physician and say, "Mm, I kind of have the sniffles. And he says...
0: Yeah, go talk to the allergist because I don't deal with noses. But so, yeah, I mean, yes, could you? I mean, I don't have time to check the backups, you know, is just as ridiculous as I only ran these tests. I didn't have time to check, do the other tests. It's not that important. We'll get to it later. Um, So, as as I'm looking through this slide here, um, these, you know, demonstrating the potential costs of not having policies in place. I realize sometimes the MSPs have to look at this themselves, right? Like sometimes the MSPs have to be like, hey, this, this applies to us as well, because we can be the precursor to or not the precursor, we can be the cause to an event if we don't do things properly.
1: We can. So, the last couple of you know summers and holidays has shown around that. I won't call out any of the, you know, downstream breaches that have happened, but Yeah, we're susceptible and, you know, we have access to a bunch of things and we get taken out, our clients can get taken out. I will give a specific example. There was something on a 4th of July weekend, not in the past, uh, so future past, where a bunch of organizations got taken out. One of them worked its way down to a local veterinary practice here in, in New England, like down the street from me. Family business, 30 years, literally gone overnight. No backups. Uh, There was no testing on the backups, even though their MSP said they had backups. Everything ransomware, everything encrypted, and everything lost. Family business of 30 years, gone.
0: I have amazing security if you never test it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's heartbreaking, though. It's it's heartbreaking to hear stuff like that. It is. But Um, if I
1: had a procedure, if I had a policy, and if I had a system to remind me Slack, tickets, PSA integration, all with our tool. If I had a thing that reminded me, like, did you check the backups? Do the backups align to the actual backup policy? Is there a procedure that for checking these backups and what cadence? And now I get a ticket in my PSA to remind me to go do this and I assign it to some tech to go deal with it. Hmm, Sounds like a win to me.
0: I I agree a hundred percent. So I want to bring up some of these comments here uh, keith had made a comment uh, it would be difficult to find a company who does need i think he means does not need some type of compliance directly or via their partnerships or by fiduciary commitment um i don't want to get into i don't necessarily disagree with him um but fiduciary has legal aspects to it uh just like breach right we want to be very cautious when we use the word breach uh in any of our reporting fiduciary also has very uh significant ramifications um and that, that's honestly, that's a Brad gross or a conversation or a conversation with Tim, you know, it'll tell you where you, where you lie, but you know, but the, the point is true though. It, it applies universally. It applies unilaterally. It's not a, everybody should be compliant and, and it's not a one and done thing. I mean, we're going through our annual processes right now. Um, and it's, it's sad the number of vendors that don't allow MFA yet or have that single sign on tax. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so, so let me address this real quick. Right. And I'm not a lawyer, but let me address this real quick. Right. So some type of compliance. Great. I mean, we're all IT guys. We're talking cybersecurity. Let's throw that out the window for the moment. Don't you think that there's some, legal and hr requirements around sexual harassment around uh employee handbook around like don't you think that there's some hr requirements nothing to do with tech right but right. i mean that applies to pretty much every organization right i'm sitting here trying to write out our hr handbook and the things that we're doing but yeah it's
0: complying yeah, absolutely isn't uh, And I want to call out Lee's comment here. Uh, Yep, I force the essentials to everyone still working on password manager and security training adoption included. No one takes the time with us to set it up and enforce. Uh, Frustrating, right? Frustrating uh, to see that. Um, You know, and it's, I don't want to be that guy that, hey, it's Wednesday, fire your client, change your RMM, uh, as is the running meme. But at the same time, you know, at, at some point, those risky clients become a risk to your msp and your livelihood they so do. take that into consideration um so i, I want to move this along because you know i i love the engagement i love the chat i, I want to make sure we cover stuff uh you have this whole thing that launched last friday uh my favorite geometric shape um you know <laughs> uh, what is this polygon thing was my geometry teacher right and i'd actually have to use geometry later in life w- what is this So
1: math is hard. Uh, Thanks, Marnie, for all the education in the math space. Marnie, our friends at Lifecycle. So yes, Polygon is shaping the future of policy management. Just love our tagline. Uh, You know, it's really interesting. I won't get into how this all came about and the name came about, um, but I'll just say there were some shenanigans involved. The real process here of what we're bringing is the ability to provide policy documentation as a service. PDAS, which doesn't sound really fun. So Polygon just sounds better, right? And our platform will hopefully help you as MSPs gain some of those operation efficiencies.
0: So, you know, and, and I would, I'm just going to throw out a guess, Polygon, multifaceted, multi-sided, because there's multi-sides to compliance management. Uh, it's, were you talking to my friend, Matt? Of course. Yeah. <laughs>
1: multifaceted. You're getting it. See, I'm glad I didn't have to explain it. People are. I, I,
0: it. I may or may not have a fast track to, to those in the, uh, the group <laughs> that help, help get things along. So, yeah. all right. So Polygon, uh, you know, I've been saying no one can do this for you. No one. Can... And, and then, you know, you come out and say, yeah, I can. Uh, <laughs> so what, what is Polygon? What did you launch exactly last week?
1: Yeah, so uh, full transparency, active beta with a bunch of MSPs at, at at the ready, beating up, you know, having fun, finding bugs. Darn it! And you know, Tim introduced a price change last minute to make it more advantageous for MSPs to adopt because you know, I like breaking stuff. Been a long time developer. Hey. Change it. Who does it, right? Right. So, <laughs> so, yes. I mean, you could sign up today at go.compliancerisk.io, but you're going to end up paying more because the new pricing will be coming out via this afternoon. So, just wait a day. If you go to nice. our website and click on the Polygon link, you'll get notified to be part of our early adopters program. Now, back to your question, Ray. Policy process management. I don't know if that's my next slide. Yes, has essentially four major phases, not the 12 that's listed on the slide, because I'm all about overwhelming people with information. But it's basically four major components. And we call it the four A's. Alignment, right? The document that you're creating needs to not only be aligned to, like, the framework or the compliance requirement but the actual business processes in place. And that's where a lot of people get tripped up with a template. They grab a template, they copy paste, uh, uh, you know, company name, they think they're done and they don't actually take the time to look through it and see that we do ABC, but the company doesn't do ABC. So the alignment piece is really important, right? Being able to get the thing aligned to the business practices in place, most important, and the frameworks. And policy is an iterative process. We don't set it and forget it. So the alignment phase. From there, we move on to uh, the authorization phase. I mean, getting the owner, getting the CEO, getting the data person, getting the human, having them at that company at your client, authorize, did you know e signature authorize? This is what we do. They are taking accountability and ownership. It's gone through legal. It's gone through HR. They are taking the accountability and the ownership of. Yeah, we are enforcing two FA. From there. What good's a password policy if you don't train your end users? We move these documents into an adoption phase. Great. It's been written. It's been authorized. Pushes out to all the end users. They They come into the platform. They read. They digitally sign. Done. And lastly, us as the MSP, working with our clients to put it on some kind of assessment schedule. So we go from alignment, writing the thing, authorization, approval from the executive team, Adoption, training the end users, and assessment cadence to make sure they're regularly updated. All in our SaaS-based application. Never again will you have to touch a Word document. Uh, How many people in chat probably use SharePoint? How many people know exactly which version is the right version in SharePoint that was actually updated last? (laughs) Never again (laughs) will you have to do that because it will all be in your browser, WYSIWYG-based, and walking you through a wizard-style customer.
0: You're talking a lot. I don't, I don't, I prefer show rather than tell. Uh, so while I give you time to actually bring up the demo and change your screen uh, let's, let's talk about Lee's last comment. Cause I, I felt that in my bones, um, super yeah. frustrating, no management buy-in it never happens, but they do everything else I mandated. So I just keep pushing higher and higher standards of service. Um, I, I feel that I feel that. So, I mean, the number of times that like you sit there and you beg and you plead and without management adoption, without management buy-in, you're speaking to the wind. You might as well call yourself Don Quixote because that is, you're not going to actually succeed at anything. Um, and the, the bar changes, right? The the, 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 the the finish line keeps getting farther and farther from us because every year, because these attackers are getting uh, more and more sophisticated the amount of work we have to do to protect against it gets harder and harder. So not aligning today is just making it that much harder tomorrow, in my opinion. Um, so,
1: oh, sorry, right. I do have yeah. the page up uh, before I get into this, I'm going to kind of show a couple pieces that I want you to pause my screen share. Cause I don't want y'all to see my two FA and blah, 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 but out of the gate, uh, multi-tenant environment so yes you and your clients so on and so forth right uh, the ability to uh, create your account either by uh, signing up with Microsoft I'm gonna give you the keeper here um, or uh, QFA whole fun stuff right because you know we have been building under VitalTech we've been building uh, web-based applications that have been FedRAMP moderately approved over the years we know this space right so we are taking our 17 years of building web-based applications for federal systems and applying it to what we're doing here. Right. So I'm just going to ask that you pause the, re- uh, pause the screen share while I log in. Right. So that we're not sharing all of Tim's fun <laughs> credentials. Right.
0: Oh, come on. We can just, you know, we can... <laughs> what what's your password again? Maybe it... uh, <laughs>
1: before, right.
0: So... <laughs> and uh what's up matt Uh, matt topper um is in the chat lack of uh what does he say lack of management buy-in stems from compliance and frequently security in its entirety uh being seen as an it function um i i agree wholeheartedly with that matt it's just the amount of people that think oh well i have an msp so i'm compliant and that's all i really need to do it is like i I, good lord um yeah, no, I, I I feel that too, 100%. Yeah, so Why do you think fun. that is? Why do you think MSPs struggle to get that adoption for management? Are you
1: asking me? Well, I'm like quadruple trying to task here with five different browser windows. It's all good.
0: I mean, um, that's, that's my goal as a host to see if I can, you know, distract you enough to throw you off your game. Why
1: is, yeah. why is executive buy-in a challenge, right? Cause they, cause we, we, as the MSPs haven't done a good enough job understanding the risk that their business face. And by the way, there's a blog post on compliance risk that talks about executive buy-in. <laughs> and I can probably pull that up for all of us to read, or maybe Simon could go to the website and share that link while I'm digging through getting my actual, uh, what do
0: you call it place? And that's, you know, uh, and I, and I agree with that hundred percent. So Keith brings up a good point. The reason why MSPs are failing is because they're selling stuff. Um, they're not integrating security into workflows. Yes. I don't disagree with that. My concern is that if we only call it security, if we only call it compliance, these are not, no one would argue that you need, whether or not you need to get checks to pay your vendors. Right, Not all vendors have websites with credit card forms and whatever. Uh, some still require checks, unfortunately. Uh, so no one would argue that you need that. No one would argue that when you start a business, you need to go file with the state and you need to you know, file with your secretary, secretary of state and do this other stuff. But somehow, some of these security practices have become optional in the eyes of the clients. Uh, and I think it's because we're not doing a good enough job explaining to them These are not optional. These are just things you have to do. You have to take out the trash twice a week, you know, put it on the street. You have to do your recycling. You have to do this. You have to do that. This is just part of running a business. Um, And as long as we make it something extra and special, we're going to struggle with this in my opinion.
1: I would agree. You know, I um, it's interesting because you know years ago I was heavily involved in our church and the church budget and the technology and all this fun stuff. And like as we're looking at building out the budget for the year for the church, and we're like, oh my gosh, why are we giving ten million dollars to the orphans? Which I think is great, but we forgot to put toilet paper on the budget. A church probably has to have toilet paper, right? So it is just one of those things that. You just have to do, right? So MSP is looking at this as this new special add-on, blah, blah, blah. like, again, employee handbook. Every company does it. Polygon can manage it, period.
0: I, so I love it. Ready uh, for the demo or what?
1: Yeah, you know, I have it up here. I'm on the staging site, just so you're all aware. So hopefully we have the latest, greatest code base um i went and bypassed all the 2fa stuff so that we're logged in appropriately but in a nutshell um we have the ability to uh tie in with connectwise if you're a connectwise customer we will pull down your single source of truth from connectwise so you don't have to retype all your clients other psa's like ninja synchro and all the others will be coming in to play but since you know we were part of that pitcher program this summer we chose
0: to stick with Connectwise in
1: the beginning and adding on all the others
0: uh, and congrats made- on that. Oh, that That was an amazing uh it was amazing to follow you and the others along in that that pitcher program uh, yeah. last summer and leading up to it nation so congrats and on that
1: thank you it certainly put a fire under my you know under my uh, hat to get me going
0: so connect
1: is great in your single source of truth. Don't have ConnectWise, don't worry, other PSAs are coming because 2022 was what, Ray? The year of the API. It's the year of
0: the API. Woo-hoo.
1: Right, so great. So yes, I have a couple of test clients, as you can see. You can manually add clients, but here's the caveat, and here's why things are delayed slightly, is because we made this opportunity for you as the MSP to use it for yourself, NFR, as long as you, as long as you're in one of the plans, right? Because if you're not doing this work for yourself, you might as well not even be an MSP, right? So the plan that you're looking at here is the base plan: two clients per month, blah blah blah. And since I can't add another client because I already have two, you get the concept. Put add a client, username, address, city, state, zip, blah 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 blah. blah. But let's just get beyond that and we'll work right into. Great, I have a a client, this is myself. As you can see, I've been playing with a bunch of test policies, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I also have the ability to build my own internal policy template library. Yes, you can BYOD. Yes, we have like borrow some of Tim's templates. Templates are always a scary thing, but as an MSP, if these are the five things that I do the same for every client, then I can build my own library write the stuff once and use it many and push it out to all of my clients with a couple of clicks of a button. Right. So the whole concept of the template library. Um, but let's just get into the meat of adding a policy. I'm going to call this uh, raise super <laughs> cool VoIP uh, um, compliance from CLA. Yeah.
0: Can't argue with that title. It's pretty awesome <laughs> right and for those that are not
1: familiar did you know that uh voip uh um, oit now offers their compliance different than what i'm talking about
0: <laughs> right because <laughs> one compliance is not enough right <laughs> one compliance
1: is not enough. so great yay now i have the makings of a po- of, of the beginning parts of a policy Title, Uh, we have the concept of category. You can go in and actually manage your own categories, whether they're SOPs, their policies, their procedures, their documents, their lists. So category, obviously I only have one listed, but I can go under my company config and add multiple categories. Great. If there's any reference material, like maybe I want to point to NIST 800-53. Compliance score is a piece that we're working on down the road, whether it's, you know, I won't get into that. Uh, We have the ability to add tagging, right? So let's say CMMC. We want to make this something to do with CMMC down the road. We want to tag this. uh, A lot of people use tags for the specific control numbers in a specific framework that it would adhere to. Um, A short description, intended audience, if there's any related documents. Um, We also will be building out the ability to have a knowledge base. Think of it this way. Insurance companies are asking for all kinds of things. One of the things they're going to start asking for is, do you have an incident response plan? And is that plan managed? And has it been reviewed? And has it been updated? Polygon. Polygon. Share a link <laughs> directly, directly to the underwriter. They link expires after 10 days, 30 days, or they log in, whatever. There's multiple different ways to share that knowledge base, either as an individual article or all of the documents that have been through the approval process. Hey, Mr. Insurance Company, you want our stuff? Go look at it. And oh, by the way, it's now managed and trained and adopted. So far, so good. I love it. Yeah, love so it. Version, version control. Two types of version control. There's the authoritative version, right? So let me just go back to the beginning. Uh, My back button gonna work or am I gonna break it? So there's there's the authoritative version. I publish version one right now. Six months from now, I publish version two. I publish version three, and I continue to maintain this version control of these documents over a period of time, hopefully forever. Some of mine literally have the version tables year after year or quarter after quarter since 2006, the authoritative version. Great. However, because we have a revision and a feedback loop, the ability for your client to provide redlining and feedback on the thing all in your browser, again, no Word documents, right? I mean, I could copy pasta my Word document in here and throw away my SharePoint because I don't need it anymore. But we also have versioning within the documents themselves, offering redlining and all other kinds of pieces of versioning. Kind of like you're used to with Google Docs. Last updated by, so two different types of versioning, authoritative and work in progress. So far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. and these these are built for you know complex tables and images and all kinds of fun stuff Um, we you know uh, have that ability copy paste from word and then you throw your word document away and then you manage the whole thing here obviously save draft we added the export to PDF because a lot of people actually like to still print things. And if it were my druthers, I'd kill every printer known to man. Uh, but we have the ability to export this stuff to PDF. From here, I can return to the policies, add more versions, but then I can submit it to reviewers. And this is the sort of feedback loop, right? Did I do anything right here? Submit for review. Yep. I'm I'm a- I might have missed something. So, in the feedback loop, we have the concept of an audience. Right now, there's actually four audiences, but since I'm in the review stage, only three of them are here. The audiences are the approver, somebody at the company that says, This is what we do, the reviewer, the person you're going back and forth with on making edits and redlining, and optionally, your legal team. So you can put in the legal team in here. They can go off and come into the platform, review the document, redlining, and so on and so forth. Since obviously I don't have any audiences here in my test instance, but if you didn't, you can come in and go to your audiences and add people, right? So I have approvers, legal reviewers, I wanna add a contact, right? So yay, I don't have any contacts. There's the way contacts work right now, add them manually, import a CSV, and we're working on Microsoft Graph API, which should be ready literally any minute. So three three different ways to import a contact, manually, CSV, uh, ConnectWise, if you have your contacts and your ConnectWise set up appropriately, we can pull from ConnectWise or Microsoft Graph,
0: right? So that, that seems like a good uh, a good stopping point because it is 158. I want to be oh. respectful of people's times. Yeah, I know. I, this just tells me we're going to have to have another episode where we go more deep dive on uh, Polygon, maybe on a technical deficit or something. Um, but I think we're getting the most important question that could possibly be asked about okay. Polygon uh how is it priced <laughs> how is it built
1: <laughs> yeah and this is why you know we're kind of in this breaking change i made a price change i i went back to the msps and i asked them this is what i was going to do for pricing what is your gut reaction and the 80% of them were like yeah that's fine and the 20% were like uh, no So we actually changed our pricing structure. We listened to you in the community, even though it was only 20% of you that kind of looked at it poorly, we changed the price. Your first three clients, so yourself and two others, hundred bucks a month. As you scale and as you grow, that cost per client comes down. So once you say hit 20, 25 clients, you're at 20 bucks, $22 a month per client. If you can't sell the platform and the ability to manage the platform and manage this work for your clients for 22 bucks a client per month, you're probably in the wrong business.
0: (laughs) So TLDR build by groups of client build per client, but it's in groups of clients with very aggressive pricing to make it easily profitable for the MSP. Um, no month and I, and I love that
1: no long-term contracts month to month, you know, all that fun stuff. Like all the others, we're not the case of the world trying to lock you into three-year deals. And if you're a polygon customer, you get the peer group at a reduced rate.
0: There you go. Uh, and all this information at compliance risk.io, Tim's information, uh, will be in the show notes as well. So you can reach out to him directly. He's in all the communities. So he's definitely, uh, uh, including oit VoIP discord including uh mmn uh, but he's in all the communities so you can definitely get a hold of him very bright guy uh so tim thank you so much for uh for covering this with us uh simon what do we got coming up uh this week and next week man And I'm, uh, so, we have different, uh, several events coming up in the
1: following weeks. So, Friday, we have the MSP Dispatch Week Wrap-Up presented by the MSP Media Network.
0: Uh, that's with Tony and Ray as the hosts. Uh, February 2nd, we're going to be back at the Tech Bar with... Tom Lawrence of Lawrence Systems that should be a fun episode uh, and
1: then on February 8th we're back on partner first uh, with Jimmy Hatzel of QuickPass we're going to be talking how to create demand generation on uh, for cybersecurity and how to communicate with your clients so make sure you tune in for that and then February 16th uh, we're going to have our tech bar podcast Valentine's special with our tech bar Valentine Cynthia Schreiner and
0: also Jimmy Hatzel so make sure you t- tune in for that um, and you stay up to date with the events awesome uh well tim thank you so much dude I, I appreciate you definitely uh enlightening as always uh and i and i love the passion and excitement that you have for policy it it's unr- unrivaled Thanks, right Thanks, congrats on your uh congrats on your launch and uh i definitely see a lot of m s p s that def- that want to reach out uh and if you want to see the part two let- let us know and i know tim's always happy to jump on and and do another webinar with us so uh, till next time, everybody. take care of yourselves and each other. Thanks, Rick.
1: This has been a broadcast of the MSP Media Network.